Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of On Point with Bishop Robert G. Rudolph. On Point, keeping you focused in the right direction. I'm your facilitator, Vincent T. Edwards, Mr. Speaker, and it's always a pleasure to be here to talk with the bishop. And today's topic is from bondage to breakthrough, from bondage to breakthrough. And we're going to he's going to teach us today from the book of Psalms, Psalm 81, 6 through 10. 10. How are you doing today, Bishop? I am doing fine, sir. How are you doing today? Oh, it's wonderful. And it's even better. Now I'm going to find out how to break out of some of this bondage and get a breakthrough. <laughs> exactly. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. So so talk to us about this. You coming from the, the Old Testament here, um, the, the hymn book. Um, so how can we learn to go from bondage to breakthrough from a hymn? Psalm 81 and 6. Well, first of all, I want to thank all of the listeners and those who have been keeping in touch with us. We do appreciate that. I want to share with everybody that uh, bondage is a very serious and a very real thing, and it can happen each and every day. And in order for us to get out of bondage, in order for us to get out of prison, we have got to do many things uh, to make a difference so that we can go toward a big breakthrough. And I entitled the Bible study again, today from bondage to breakthrough. Let's look at Psalm 81, uh, verses 6 through 10. And you know, the Psalms or the great majority of the Psalms were written by David, who was a praiser. Uh, But David had a unique experience of dealing with being in bondage from the standpoint of dealing with jealousy of his own father-in-law to another standpoint of having some issues that he had to deal with. And he came from bondage to breakthrough. Now, let me read Psalm Uh, 81 verses 6 through 10. It reads as thus, I removed his shoulder from the burden. His hands were delivered from the pots. Thou callest in trouble and I delivered thee. I answered thee in the secret place of thunder. I proved thee at the waters of Meribah. Hear, O my people, and I will testify unto thee, O Israel, if thou wilt hearken unto me. There shall no strange God be in thee, neither shalt thou worship any strange God. Reading that last verse, the 10th verse, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide and I will fill it. That is a powerful portion of scriptures in the entirety of Psalms verses uh, 81 verses 6 through 10. I want to say in the way of a preface to the remarks I'm about to make, we can always get ourselves trapped into situations that sometimes we can't get out of. And the Bible is very true when it talks about us sowing and reaping. Uh, Even though we are saved and we've committed our lives to the Lord and we've given our lives to him in the right way, whatever you sow, you will eventually reap. So if you sow some bad seeds and some bad things, you will reap those things. And what I have learned that in order to get out of bondage, I have got to start sowing some good things. So whether you're trapped in a situation, brother, that you're unable to get out of, Uh, Whether it's a financial situation, a tempting situation, Uh, many times we place ourselves in temptations unaware. And many times we know that those temptations are there. 
But when we get ourselves in a tempting situation or any kind of circumstance where we feel like we cannot save ourselves from it, this psalm, it really helps to offer direction from God in the way of how we go from bondage to breakthrough. And if we go from bondage to breakthrough, the only way that we can do it is that we have got to rely on him, Mr. Speaker. We we cannot do it without him. So. So here we, we see in verse six here, it says that I removed his shoulder from the burden. So God here is talking about the children of Israel when he actually delivered them. Um, but one of the things that they had to do was call upon the Lord when they recognized the fact that they were in bondage and there was nothing they can do. When we look at verse seven, they, they, they called on him and he said, I delivered thee. So when we're talking about moving from bondage, to a breakthrough, we must recognize where we are, submit to God and cry out to him. Is that correct, Bishop? Yes, sir. I, I want to hit on those first two verses while we're talking about both of them. Uh, first of all, that first verse, verse six, is just basically telling us that we have got to admit that we are in bondage. That's first and foremost. You cannot get help if you don't admit that you need help. One of the things that really bothers me about some people is that they are in a messed up situation and everybody knows it except for them. Or should I say everybody sees it and they know it except for that particular individual, all because they don't want to admit it. If you want God to help you, if you need God to help you, first and foremost, admit that you are in bondage. God I need your help. Father, I can't make it without you. I can't do it without you. I've gotten myself into a situation that I really can't get out of. And Lord, I need you to help me. So God, help me now. The first thing, the first step, admit that you are in bondage. Now, verse seven tells us what we need to do after we admit that we're in bondage. Let's read it again. Thou callest in trouble and I delivered thee. I answered thee in the secret place of thunder. I proved thee at the waters at Meribah. So the second point is, yes, admit that you are in trouble. Yes, admit that you are in bondage. And verse seven tells us, brother, you've got to get some help. You have got to get some help. God is saying, if you call me while you're in trouble, I have delivered you in the past and I will deliver you now. Even if, even if you call me where no one else can hear you, but I can hear you. Even if you get in your secret closet and you call upon me, I will answer thee. So admit that you've done wrong or admit uh, that you need help. Admit that you are in bondage and then go get the help you need. Now, let me look at verse eight just for a second, because many times we admit that we're wrong or we admit that we're in bondage. and Many times we realize that we need to get some help and we go forth in getting the help. But in verse eight, it really hinges upon this. Notice what it says. Hear, O my people, and I will testify unto thee, O Israel, if thou wilt hearken unto me. What does that mean? Well, you admitted that you're in bondage. You admitted that you have the shackles on your feet and you need to get those shackles off of you. You have come to me for help. Now I'm providing you the help, but in verse eight, it won't really matter in any way if you don't follow my advice. 
you remember how it was when you were growing up and your parents tried to give you some advice. And in many instances, the older you got, uh, you didn't want to hear from your dad. You didn't want to hear from your mom. Uh, they, you, you really knew that that was solid, seasoned advice. And they were giving it to you because they knew better and they were trying to help you. But you didn't want to follow that advice. There have been many times. Most many definitely. times. There you go. Many times when I um, ask for some help or I ask for some advice and it wasn't what I wanted to hear. Well, in verse eight, God is telling the children of Israel, hear me, hear me. Don't just hear what I'm saying, but listen to me. I will give you the help that you need but you have to listen to my advice. You have to hearken to what I am telling you. That is vitally important. And here, here's a question, Bishop. We, we get in a place and we hear from God. He tells us what we need to do. Why is it that sometimes we just find ourselves not doing what God says to do? Do we think we're wiser than God? We have more knowledge or we just want to do things our way? What keeps people from doing that? And uh, or could it be fear? Because I'm reminded wow. when the children of Israel, you know, they were going into the land. Everybody was like, oh, you know, Caleb and, and, and uh, said that, oh, we can do this. Everybody else said, nah, the problem's too big. But the, Caleb was saying we have God. What is it that keeps us from listening and hearing and proceeding on what he said? Well, a rebellious spirit, a stubborn spirit. Many times we know what's right. We know what we should do. But we, our stubborn will, our flesh says, I don't want it that way. It's like going to the doctor and he's telling you, you need to um, get this medicine. And when you get it, I need you to take it at certain times of the day. You need to take it with or without food or with or without something else. And you decide that you're not going to do it. Well, it's the doctor that went to medical school. It's the doctor that spent uh, four years of undergraduate uh, of college, uh, the doctor spent three, four years of medical school. The doctor spent years of residency. The doctor knows what you need, but you stand in the way because you're telling the doctor, I am just going to refute all of your experience and all of your education and all of your knowledge, and I'm going to do it my way. In many instances, that's the way we are doing God. God tells us, I've already mapped your life out for you. I'm telling you, as you're coming to this crossroads in your life, I'm telling you to make a right turn. Don't go left. Make the right turn. But you decide to do just the opposite of what God told you to do. If you go to God to receive advice, if you go to God to get advice, brothers and sisters, hearken to his advice. In other words, follow the advice that you ask for. I guarantee you that God knows what you need in the final analysis, and he knows where you're going. He needs you to follow his advice every single day of your life. And most definitely because he is the all-knowing, all-powerful God who is everywhere from everlasting to everlasting. So he knew you would be in that position from the foundation of the world. 
So I, I think, you know, it's almost a sure thing, but we feel sometimes that we can just do better than God, but we're not as powerful as he is. And that's why when I look at, you know, and I know you're about to expound and it's going into verse nine and 10, he really explains that mm-hmm. he's the only one that could do it. And really, if you listening to someone else, you're viewing them as God over the God almighty El Shaddai. Exactly. Let me explain verse uh, nine to you. When he says, there shall no strange God be in thee, neither shall thou worship any strange God. Uh, God was extremely jealous. He said that you should put no other God before me. Now, back in those days, the text tells us that there were different types of individuals, different types of people who um, worshipped many uh, different uh, gods or images as God. And in many instances, they believed in idol worship. In other words, they put an idol before God. Well, uh, let me tell you this. Many of us, we may not have an image that we're worshiping, but there are many things that we put before God. Uh, anytime, uh, and this seems rather funny, uh, but it happens. Anytime you put... Uh, the first thing you do in the morning is check your messages uh, on your phone or Facebook or uh, the, the, the tweet that just came. If that's the first thing that you do, then you really have to um, understand that you're putting social media before God. The first thing that I want to do every morning when I open up my eyes, the moment I open up my eyes, I want to get on my knees and I want to thank God for allowing me to be alive, allowing me to have another day, allowing me to have life in my body, allowing me to have breath in my body. I want to, I want him to be first and foremost in my life. I want God to be, uh, I, I want to be the image that really reflects the, I want to be the, 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 the image in the mirror that I see. And I want that image to reflect uh, the image of Jesus Christ. So therefore, I don't want to put anything before God, anything, whether that's Facebook, Twitter, uh, whether that's uh, uh, other things that uh, I put more time in other than my Bible and other than me spending time with God. So God was saying in verse nine, remove all the gods, all the gods that are in your way, everything that you put in front of me, remove them. That's what he is saying in verse nine, remove them Israel, because I can't help you if you're worshiping something else. I can't help you if you're spending more time with something else. I can't help you if I give you advice and you don't accept it. So remove all other gods. Then in verse 10, you must be able to do this. In verse 10, it says, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Notice, God goes back to what he did for them before. Open thy mouth wide and I will fill it. In other words, Israel, I need you to trust me to meet your needs. I don't need you to trust in man. I don't need you to trust in other gods. I need you to trust in me to meet your daily needs. Trust in the Lord with all of thine heart and lean not unto your own understanding. Trust him. You must trust him. There are times when you don't know where he's going. There are times when you don't even understand 
the next move. You you really don't understand the move that he's asking you to make now, much less the move that he is going to ask you. But when God does something for you, he does not ask you to understand it. He is asking you to trust him to meet all of your needs. My needs will be met. All of my needs will be met according to his riches in glory. He needs you to trust him. Can you trust him when you can't see him? Can you trust him when you can't feel him? And I'm going to use this one. Other people use this often. Can you trust him when you can't trace him? You have got to trust him. You may not understand what he's telling you. It may not even make sense to you, brother, but you have to trust him to meet all of your needs. This is powerful, Bishop. So if you really want to move from bondage to breakthrough, it's really going to require some trust in the almighty God. I really like this, you know, admit and recognize that you need help. Call on God, hear and obey, put no one else before him, remove all the other gods. Remember to trust him and him alone to meet your needs, even when you can't see, feel or trace him. That is powerful. At this time, um, I'm going to open up the floor for any questions. If anyone has any questions or comments uh, for the bishop at this time, please unmute yourself um, and you have the floor. Anyone? Well, bishop, I guess they just listening on today. Um, any last words or summarizing this text and anything that we can just do today, bishop? I know we got all these 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 things. One thing I, I like when you said the first thing in the morning, forget the social media but remember the Lord thy God. Right, right. Well, I want to go to, um, I look at different versions of the Bible to get a better understanding of what I'm reading. And so after I've read into the King James Version, I like to go into another uh, version. And so I read this uh, scripture in the Message Bible, and I want to take the time just to read it before I conclude on this evening. This is what it says in the Message Bible. Again, we're going to Psalm 81, verses 6 through 10. Notice this. I took the word, the world off your shoulders. That's what God is saying. I took the world off your shoulders, freed you from a life of hard labor. You called to me in your pain. I got you out of a bad place. Wow. I got you out of a bad place. That's what God is saying. I answered you from where the thunder hides. I prove you at Meribah Fountain. Listen, dear ones, get this straight. Oh, Israel, don't take this lightly. Don't take up with strange gods. Don't worship the popular gods. I'm God, your God, the very God who rescued you from doom in Egypt, then fed you all you could eat, filled your hungry stomachs. That really puts a light upon what God is saying to the children of Israel. And I want to share with you as I close, God has a desire for us. And he wants us to have a breakthrough in him. Yes, he does. He wants us to have a breakthrough in him. And if we just serve him wholeheartedly, all of our mind, all of our spirit, all of our physical being, if we serve him wholeheartedly, whether you're in bondage now, uh, whether you might be in bondage later, whatever the situation is, 
I'm here to tell you that even though you are in bondage, you need to allow God to come in and to take control. Because the more you allow him to do that, you will go from bondage to true breakthrough. From bondage to true breakthrough. You will go from a situation to freedom. And that's what we all want. Notice God told the children of Israel, look, you called upon me in the past and I got you out of a bad place. Now, I need you to trust me now. Trust me with all of your mind. Trust me with all of your heart. Trust me with all of your spirit. And if you just trust me, I guarantee you that I will do what you need in your life. Notice God is saying, I already see everything that's going to happen. I know what you're going to face. And if you just listen to me, if you just uh, do what I ask you to do, I can get you out of the bad place again. I went down into Egypt and got you out of Egypt. I carried you through the Red Sea and you were dry and you were able to get on the other side of the Red Sea. But I need you to listen to me in this situation. Just in close, if he did it for you back then, he can do it again. You can once again go from bondage to breakthrough bondage to breakthrough. That is what I want to leave with all of the listeners on today. Thank you so very much, Bishop. Psalm 81, 6 through 10, from bondage to breakthrough. You heard it here today on On Point with Bishop Robert G. Rudolph. I want to thank everybody for joining us and thank you for tuning in. Be with us next week. And if you uh, miss us, you can always check this out on the podcast. You can find it on the Apple platform, on point with bishop robert g rudolph you can also check out uh past episodes there as well you've been listening to on point with bishop robert g rudolph on point keeping you focused in the right direction